Hi, I'm Jane O'Reilly and this is Ageless. I'm 40 and my life is just getting started. I'm here to share real talk and real experiences about how to live life ageless. Nothing's off the table. You know the vibes. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to Ageless. And today I am joined by an authentic and professional tarot card reader, as well as a natural psychic medium with 18 plus years of experience. She absolutely loves the tarot and the secrets they reveal and the proven guidance it provides the client. She also is a profoundly effective channel and specializes in spiritual as well as practical direction tailored to each individual guidance from her spirit guides. She also specializes in advanced spiritual life coaching and hypnotherapy to help heal deep emotional disturbances so the client can transform their lives, release blocks, and advance to the next level permanently. I'd like to welcome my friend, Trisha Horn. Welcome to the show. Hello, I am Trisha. Thank you for that beautiful introduction, Jaina. Yes, of course. So let's just kick off. I have a, a question I've been dying to ask you. So how and when did you find out when you were a medium? Tell us your story and remember nothing's off the table. Okay. Well, I've been um, thinking about this and, you know, I've always been a psychic medium. I just didn't know it. And when I really, truly found out that I had these gifts, I was in my 30s. But I remember several times growing up where I just had a knowing and I experienced weird knocking sounds in my room as a child, a very young child, actually. And I remember asking my father if, you know, it was something supernatural And he had a great explanation for me, a very scientific explanation for me that I just took. And he had said that, you know, it's the walls that are creaking and knocking because the air outside is colder than the air inside. And so it makes this popping noise. And I thought that was a really, really great justification because I didn't really see spirits as some mediums would say that they do. I feel them first. I can feel the energy drop. And this was actually proven to me several years later when I was in college, me and a really good friend of mine moved into a home that was active. And what I mean by active is that (laughs) there was poltergeist activity and weird sounds, weird bumps happening in the night. Things would go flying across the kitchen, I would hear whispers, or even I could feel that energy trying and um, touch my body or interact with it in a lot of ways. But even then, I still didn't know that I had any spiritual gifts or that I could communicate, I could just feel them around. And I can actually determine if they are malefic or if they are benefic. So it's just um, the way the energy comes through and how I, how I feel. A lot of people experience this energy as goosebumps on their arms, their skin, or the back of their neck, the hair standing up on their, on their neck. They know instinctively that there is um, something in the air, so to speak, that is not 
natural or that is not typically there. They can sense it. And even when you walk into a room where there has been a couple fighting, you can feel that tension. There's an electric charge. And that's something I've always picked up on. And this, in this um, situation, when I was living with my friend, um, lots of things happened. And I really did not want to believe it, you know, because I grew up in a household where it wasn't encouraged at all. Uh, my one side of my family is very atheist and has a very scientific view of the world. And so anything supernatural has a scientific explanation. Other, anything other than that, you're absolutely crazy. The other side of my family is um, very religious Christian and anything of this sort is demonic and not welcomed. So, you know, it wasn't encouraged in my family at all and no one really had an explanation. So it wasn't nurtured in my family. And so I didn't believe that I had any of these gifts. It's just these strange occurrences would happen to me. And that's that, you know, I would get premonitions of little things too. And I, and I do believe that a lot of people have, you know, everybody has these gifts, not just a lot of people, everyone has these gifts. It's just whether or not you're open to them or not. Um, so fast forward after having several interactions with this ghost or entity, I didn't know what it was or what it was trying to communicate. I just know I didn't like it and I needed to get out of that house as soon as possible. So as soon as I left that house, all those experiences stopped happening. I did not experience anything like that before or since that home. And then we get into my thirties and I'm becoming a lot more spiritual and connected with a higher power. And I become a hypnotherapist because I want to really understand what the subconscious has in store for all of us and what secrets they hide. And they hide, well, the subconscious hides so many things that we're not aware of. And they say that we only use 10% of our brain. Well, I believe the other 90% of that is the subconscious and other secret talents that we have as a human race. And we're just not informed of them in our education and in our families and everything else. So I went to, it was a, it was a week course with Brian Weiss. And Brian Weiss is very famous for past life regression in the 80s. And he wrote a book that actually changed my life called Many Lives, Many Masters. And I wanted to learn everything from him because I wanted to become a hypnotherapist, but also a past life regressionist. And I wanted to know his techniques because they were extremely healing in his book for his patients because he is a doctor. He's not just a hypnotherapist. So I flew to New York. Uh, Al Albany, New York. It was in upstate New York. And we went to a institute called the Omega Institute, where I spent a week with him and a whole bunch of other people who were interested in learning hypnotherapy. And so his wife was there actually, and took us through a guided meditation. And in this guided meditation, there was this scene that um, I saw in my mind. And I hadn't really experienced anything like this up until this point where it was just extremely vivid. 
And I saw a scene unfolding that was a little disturbing, but I kind of wanted to just go with it. I wanted to see where it would take me, you know, and not put any, oh, that's too weird. I don't like that. I didn't want to shut it down. I wanted to be very open to what it was going to show me. And I saw this scene where it was medieval and um, a woman was being, for lack of a better word, sexually attacked by a man. And some soldiers came rushing up. It was, I think it was on a hill, but there was a lot of grass. So this event kind of happened in the big grass in the wild and shot him, the attacker, with an arrow. And that's kind of where I left it. And I was just, I, we came out of our meditation and it was just so shocking. Like, why did my mind go there? I thought my mind was making this up and I, I just was befuddled, you know? So moments later, they had asked the audience if anyone hadn't had an experience yet to come up on stage. So this woman came up on stage and Dr. Brian Weiss regressed her. And she basically told the story that I saw in my mind when I was going through that guided meditation. And I'm thinking to myself, like, something just happened here. That's big. Holy crap. And the more and more she talked, the more and more I realized, wow, I can see others past lives for them. And I can see details when I am meditating on my clients. Uh, and I ran into another person there at the, at the event, told her what happened. She said, you, that's just a message for you that you've got gifts, obviously. And I'm like, oh, is that what that is? <laughs> okay. Um, and I just thought that they were psychic gifts. You know, once I could connect spiritually to my guides, they would show me things with my clients. So I decided to take that home with me and utilize that in my hypnotherapy practice, where I would sit about five minutes before my clients would come through the door and ask my guides to show me, you know, through auditory, visual, sensory data input what they were willing and ready to let go of and where the source of that lied. And I had been working on not just my sensory input, my feeling of the energy. I was also working on my clear audience, which is hearing the, your spirit guide speaking to you. And it's not always a voice, so to speak, as if you and me were speaking, Jaina. It's a thought that enters your mind. And it's usually a thought you don't really think. It's, an, it's usually in a language that isn't something that you typically say. It's just a sudden thought pops into your mind. And it's like, whoa, that makes sense. So I often will get some of that, just these thoughts. I will get feelings coming in. I feel them in my body. Um, and if they die from anything, and this is in my mediumship too, if a past loved one dies, I can feel them in my body where 
where they died from. Meaning if they had a heart attack, I would feel it around my heart. I would feel like tension and striction. Uh, if they died from a disease that um, was in the lungs, lung cancer, emphysema, uh, any anything like um not emphysema, I was gonna say emphysema again, but you get my drift. I would feel that I couldn't breathe that well. Um, if it was in the head, like a stroke, I would feel tension in my, in my head, or if it was cancer of the brain, I would feel tension in the brain. Very rarely do I get anything below the vital organs because most people don't die from that. I, I can't say that I have I have gotten anything from the lower limbs or the arms. It's all in the central areas where people um, have some major, major issues. So I would sit and I would receive this information, whether it would be clairaudience through my thoughts, or I would get mental pictures, which is clairaudience. And I would see a, a scene unfold. And I would just write it down after I sat there, everything that I could remember in that five minute meditation, just because, you know, having that scientific background, i.e. I was a nurse as well, still am. Um, I wanted to collect this data and prove it to myself that I was a psychic and that I could really utilize this this information that came from my spiritual guides that connected with their spiritual guides to really connect with them on a very deep level and guide them through the healing that they wanted. Plus, I just wanted to be right. <laughs> I just wanted to be right, Jada. So after every client would come in, I would tell them that I have some information from them, but I want to share it with them after their regression, just to see if I had the right information, not just for me, but for also them so that they would actually believe it. Because a lot of times this information comes in, we don't have a way of telling other than just knowing in our heart and our soul that it's real. So if they would come with a scene in their regression, they would just feel like they're making it up. And so they wouldn't really take it seriously. And I wanted, I wanted data for them to take seriously. Like, yes, this is real. And yes, you should pay attention to it. It's not lying to you. You're not crazy. So I'm going to tell you right now, every patient, our client, not patient, every client that I saw and regressed, and I did this with them. <laughs> they said, wow, that I can't believe that you got that information. Um, and it was really cool. It was really, really, really cool. Because, you know, I'm just sitting there listening to them and guiding them through this regression. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm just in shock that all of this is happening and it's all coming through me. So you have a gift. Yeah. And then I met a client in my work who was a medium 
and he found me online and he just, he said, he just knew I was the one to help him. He has a knack for these things and that he goes to a church that um, is a mediumship church and they teach mediumship. And so I saw him a few times and he invited me to the church here in San Diego. And I went and they gave me messages from the other side, from my family members who passed. He introduced me to this mediumship church where they were giving messages. And I decided to attend some of their classes and their courses that they offered to those who were new and to those for a donation price. And I just started talking, channeling. I mean, I've channeled my whole life, said things that just came out of nowhere. And I'm like, wow, that's really great advice. You know, the person that I gave it to you, they ate it up. And I'm like, I, I must be just really smart. But no, it was just me channeling from my spirit guides. And we all do it. Trust me, we all do it. And I just thought for a long time that I was someone special because I could do that stuff. But it's just being open. And so I just decided to go to these classes that were here local. And I would do readings for the people across from me. We're all learning from each other. And I would pick up on things. Girl, I didn't know because I didn't know any of these people. <laughs> and so I would just talk to them about it and tell them my feelings, any thoughts that were coming into my head. And they resonated with it. And I'm like, I can actually talk to these spirits on the others. I can actually talk to loved ones. What? I had no idea that I, I could do this. Um, I just thought that I was a psychic and that I wasn't really a medium who could speak to the dead, speak to family members. But the great thing about this church is that they really helped nurture that by not putting any stigma on it and teaching us that there's no wrong or right to do any, anything or how to channel it, how to bring it about. It's just going for it, talking, saying what comes to mind. And a lot of times it's just dead on accurate. So accurate. It's mind blowing. They taught about remote viewing. And so I took all that I learned there and I took it home with me. And I knew that there were energies around me all the time. I could feel them and it interrupted my sleep. So I had talked to a friend about this and she said, well, you can talk to them and ask them to leave. And I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. Bye. So I tried it. <laughs> I tried it. And I was getting a whole bunch of messages for people, my loved ones and things like that. And I'm like, this is wild. I'm getting mental images. I'm getting messages. I don't know what they mean, but I need to speak to a family member of mine and see if they actually will accept it. And so I did, I reached out to my aunt, told her some of the things that I was receiving from someone that we both knew who had passed on tragically in an accident. And so she said that really checks out. And I just told her I was scared at the time to reveal <laughs> how I got this info. Other than I told her that um, our friend came to me in a dream. And this was in a dream. I didn't want to tell her it was me communicating with with Tyler in the spirit just because I was scared um 
So that's kind of where it began. And I started to realize that I had these gifts and I continue to use them on a regular basis. Just last night, I was talking to a friend that I've known since I was five years old and her mom passed away recently. So I was able to give her a message from her mother, as well as all of the other family members that were waiting in line to speak to her yesterday. And it was really, really awesome because she's not a believer. She's not a believer at all. But it connected us back together. It was very healing for her to see a different perspective, to see her mother's perspective from the other side. And this is the whole purpose of mediumship. It's not, it's not the, oh, cool, you can talk to the dead. Let's see where they hid their millions. <laughs> its purpose is for healing and just um, mending families that are hurting. And those old wounds that we've carried since childhood, it really helps just dissolve those wounds because I don't know why it's so healing exactly, but they have a higher perspective than, and they were different. They were more, they're more open. I want to say the people that are coming through, they're more apologetic. And they offer things that are extremely healing to the clients. So that's one why it's one of my favorite things to utilize. Well, it probably brings so much closure to certain people too in their circumstances. Yes. It also gives you hope and too hope. that there is um, life on the other side. Mm-hmm. And that it's not just, you know, once you die, lights out and you don't exist anymore, your consciousness is gone. It's... It's a very healing experience. That's all I can say. And I love That's, it. You have, it's so fascinating listening to you. It really is. I, uh, I don't even really want to take up too much time. I just want to keep hearing you. <laughs> and that leads me to my next question is what can you share about the spirit world and how do you know that it's real? Oh, that's a really good question, Jaina. How do you know it's real? Well, um, for me, I've had so many experiences in my life, good and bad, spiritually, (laughs) that it's really hard not to believe it anymore at this point. There's that part of me, you know, that likes to explain everything away and not take everything Uh, as people say it is, you know, just assume that because it's weird and something you don't understand that it's automatically a ghost or, you know, something negative, but there's a, there is typically a explanation for it that isn't supernatural, but there are often times where there is no explanation and it's something that you feel in your whole body. When the energy for me, how I know that the spirit world exists is when I'm laying in bed late at night and I wake up to noises that aren't really um, something I typically hear 
my my um, go-to is oh my god somebody's breaking in somebody's trying to get in to the house but then you realize there's nobody at the door or you realize that the energy has suddenly changed you know and it just doesn't feel right um it feels creepy or like there's somebody in the room with you right right kind of like you you having someone staring at you and you look behind you and there they are staring at you it's that whole connection that we are completely unaware of with our um with our two eyes because it's not physical it's an energy exchange that happens in the non-physical and we're all aware of it uh it's just that some of us kind of negate it as a weird experience or coincidence or an anomaly of some sort but then there are some of us who have had these experiences their whole life and have come to terms that there is things that you just can't explain and that this is real um but the biggest thing for me is when i feel the energy change and i can determine whether or not it's a good or a bad thing mm, that's crazy yeah my body reacts to it too wow you know where my hair stands up in the back of my neck or uh, i'll get goosebumps that kind of thing. That's usually when I know it's a real experience is when that happens and not me freaking myself out. Sometimes I will hear them clear as day when I'm just in that fine area or lack of a better word. It's just when you're in between sleep and awake and uh, I will get loud voices talking to me and say, Trisha, or say something that shakes me awake or is just very, very, very clear. Do you feel like your mediumship makes you better at your profession? In my healing work, yes, absolutely, 100%. In my other profession as a nurse, yes and no. Um, I get a lot of messages from the people that I work with, the people that are around. It could be a little distracting but I'm very good at tuning it out. I'm very good at tuning it out. I've tuned it out most of my life. So <laughs> I have to, I have to be very conscious when I'm in at work and I'm getting some messages. If they're really strong, I will tell them, but it can be very distracting, but really where it helps me the most is my healing work. And I can speak to my spirit guides um, and they will guide me in, in healing my clients and, and where the pain is emotionally and physically and how to release that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about what you do. Like, what is your, your, I know you said nursing, but you I want to hear more about your healing work. Yes. So my healing work, it, you know, I will use tarot to guide clients superficially, really. Um, they, they will get, you know, a tower reading when they receive a tower reading, but my healing work is really in 
my emotional healing sessions where I can do my hypnotherapy and my life coaching with them without um, so many restrictions. And it's not tarot based. It's strictly channeling and receiving the clear audience and the mediumship. And so oftentimes I can communicate with my spirit guides who will communicate with my client's spirit guides. They will inform me of the area, you know, through my thoughts and my feelings, but also in my body where the blockages lie. And that is where I can either go into some inner child work with them. If it's something that I see that stems from their earliest beginnings, whether that's in the womb or, you know, at age five and I can help dress them very briefly. It doesn't even take that long. It doesn't take a long process to get someone to go inward and really feel the feelings that their inner self is going through or their, their little one, I want to call them. I always call them the little one. I love that. Your little one. <laughs> yes. Um, because a lot of people don't like the, the, the word inner child. It's kind of got this like nauseating sounds like foo, woo woo or too foo foo for some people, especially, especially the macho men. They do yes. not like that. Yeah. Word. <laughs> so um, yeah, the little one. Um, and many of our blockages are, are emotional disturbances. And so I use my mediumship to help understand it at a deep subconscious level, but I also use that to guide the client in discovering that for themselves because they know their story more than I do, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes they don't even have memory of it, or they have a very vague memory of it. And the hypnotherapy can just pull out some emotions that they stuffed down. Um, And I'm not going to lie. It's not easy for a lot of people. It's not like waving a wand and saying, this is your problem. It's going to be gone now. No, it's not easy. And from personal experience, I mean, I can vouch for its healing effects, but it took me years, years. Yes. It's taken me years. So it's, I work with the programming that we pick up physically from our external environment, our parents, And it's even in our DNA. We don't recognize that, but a lot of our programming is passed down from ancestor or from generation to generation to generation. It's ancestral. And so when when we start doing this work on ourselves, it's like we carry a lot of this weight from, God, who knows how long, centuries even. Uh, millennia, who knows, as as long as the human soul has existed, we've, we've had experiences and and all of that is put into the subconscious. I mean, the subconscious is infinite. So with every lifetime that we have, we release some of these things, these blockages, this karma, so to speak, or we tack on more of it if we don't write it in this lifetime. If we don't 
clear that energy between ourselves and anyone else that's involved. So, and then of course, when it comes to our ancestral stuff, that's carried in the DNA from family member to family member, it can be a lot, especially if it's been there for millennia. You know, a lot of those religious beliefs that we have that were detrimental to our well-being, like heaven and hell, for instance, that idea and that concept has really messed with a lot of people, whether you believe it or not. There's a lot of fear attached to that idea. So releasing that uh, takes time. It takes a lot of time to process it and be free of it. Well, since this is the Ageless Podcast, the spirit is eternal, you know, and that we are, we got to keep our spirit healthy, you know, mm-hmm. it's all we have. It's, we're not, a, we're not attached to a number and a trip around the sun. We, we can attach ourselves to our spirit and live differently. So my next question would be, how do you keep your spirit healthy? That's a really good question too. <laughs> um, what I do know is that I'm a human being and that I'm subject to both love and fear, which is a huge dichotomy. <laughs> we live in a dualistic Um, world. And so there are so many layers to this, but what keeps me sane as much as possible and grounded here on earth is staying grounded and being compassionate with myself, having conversations with my little one where we can get on the same page. We can get on the same team where, you know, if I'm feeling anxious about something, it's typically because there is a part of me, that little part of me that's still inside, that's wounded, that's scared, that feels alone. You know, I have to go in there as the the adult version of me and find out what's scaring her, what's scaring me and finding a way to communicate that everything is gonna be okay. And a lot of times that has to do with a connection with a higher power something outside of yourself that not really outside of yourself. It's, it's actually within you, something that isn't you that you can do business with. Some people call it the universe. The universe is inside of us. Some people call it God. God is inside of us. There's that spark of a, the soul that's inside of us. It's not a construct of a human, the human flesh. It's not the brain creating a personality. Most of us can understand that there's something else going on here, that there is a being inside this physical vessel. And so many of those versions exist of us. So that five-year-old version of me is just as real as the 38-year-old version of me and is just as real as all the experiences and all the identities I assumed as a, as a soul throughout many lifetimes. 
So being able to communicate to all of those parts of myself, and I like to start with the the inner child the most, just because she's the vulnerable part of me. She's the one that needs the most guidance. She's the one that's the most scared. And not only that, I really resonate with that version of me more so than all the other identities I assumed. And she's carried all of that, those experiences into this lifetime. So starting with the little one is always where I I like to go. I prefer to go. And, And I sometimes have created a mantra and this will be really helpful to some to some of you listeners. Um, and I was really anxious. I'm a very anxious person, and I and I don't like living in anxiety. I do everything in in my power that I can to calm it. And so, having a higher power that I pray to to ease that anxiety is essential. But also, having a mantra that uses that anxiety for my little one is essential as well. And building that trust in that relationship with myself and my higher power is essential. And so I will often go in and ask her what's wrong and I'll listen to what she has to say, be open-minded. Sometimes she doesn't say anything at all and I have to be okay with that. You know, even though I want (laughs) to, I want to feel good now. I want to, I want it to go away. Um, and I just have to have compassion for me being human, really. And feeling this fear. It's not that I'm a failure. It's not that I'm being forgotten by my higher power, which, you know, there are parts of me that believe that. It believes that, especially if, any of you have gone through trauma, you would understand that, that disconnect with your higher power. So I've had to rebuild that heavily, build, rebuild that trust. And it helps a lot. I made up this mantra because I was, I feel um, very agitated as a human being. I feel like my place here on earth is very tense you know, and I haven't really adjusted to being a human being in this, in, in my body. I do not like the restrictions. I do not like all of the energy, the heavy energy that it comes with. I don't like a lot of the fear. Um, and I don't like how it's a very dark world at times. And so, um, I've always had this kind of victim mentality and this mantra I had asked my higher power to just give me, I I just said one day, please give me a mantra that calms me. (laughs) And I waited for it. And when I was getting out of the shower one morning, I just heard it and it said, I'm a tragic mess and I love it. (laughs) love that. I love that. It just kind of had this feeling like life is messy. Life is not fun. Sometimes I can be mean, just like the people that I I don't want to be around who are. 
sometimes I can just not be my best self and that's okay. You know, my life looks the way it does. It's, it is messy at times. My relationships are messy. Um, my work is messy having to deal with so many different energies and combating them. It's almost like you feel like you're in a battle all the time, trying to fix problems and, and make your life good and perfect. But when you realize that it's never going to be perfect, that you are never going to be perfect, that you're always going to come with some kind of mess always and just letting that go. I guess that's what that mantra does for me. It just helps me understand really that it's just, it's always going to be a mess and you can make peace with it (laughs) and I'll get so much better. Letting it go and living in your present moment is so hard Mm -hmm. to do, but also so effortless at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I just had, while you were talking, I just had a memory of our randonautica adventures. <laughs> oh <laughs> that my God. feels like so long ago. I don't know if anybody in the audience has ever tried the randonautica app, but it is wild. We scared the shit out of ourselves. <laughs> and nothing major happened. I think a lot of the videos that I watched were a lot scarier than what we experienced by a lot, but, um, there were some weird experiences, right? We had some like, why, why are we out here? Yeah. Kind of experiences. And it's like, I did see a UFO. Me and Katrina saw a UFO. I don't remember that, but I do remember seeing blinking lights. So maybe that was the UFO. I don't know. I didn't see it. But it was there and then it was gone immediately and it didn't come back. Wow. Yeah. And I turned over when you were looking at the sky and I, I thought I was the only one who saw it. And, and then I said, did you see that, Katrina? And she goes, yeah, I did. I'm like, okay. I thought I was the only one. Is that weird or, or am I alone here? That was weird, right? She goes, oh yeah, that was weird. Wow. We called in something. I know we covered a lot, but... What do you want to leave the audience with? And I thought about this. Oh, one more thing I want to say is um, keep my spirit healthy is I do some grounding. Grounding really, really helps. Keeps me present. Just like what Mm. you're talking about. Yes. And in the moment. Now, what I want to leave the audience with. And I thought about this. The most important thing I wanted to leave with you all is. The only way out of the pain is to go within. The only way out is in. Inward, inward, inward. Yes. That's where all the truth lies. It's not on the external. In fact, the more and more we grasp at validating ourselves from the external, if we get this boyfriend or girlfriend will be good enough. Or if I get this job, Everything will be fantastic in my life. You know, everything comes with problems. So looking towards the external, which we're taught ever since we're born for validation, you know, if mom comes in when we're crying or doesn't come in when we're crying, it says so much about who we are. No, 
we really have to go within to figure out our true purpose, our true love, you know, and having that relationship with a higher power and all the answers are inside. And I know every spiritual guru says that, but it's truth. It's absolute truth. It's so exhausting to not. Mm-hmm. And we all live in that state all the time because we're taught that we need to be doing X, Y, and Z to even matter or to make a difference in this world or to survive. And we get so busy doing all these things. And at the end of the day, when we get home, are we content or exhausted? So that's really, really all that I wanted to say. I have loved everything that you've shared. This is such a fascinating podcast. I hope I'm sure the audience feels the same way I do. You have brought so much positivity and you've brought so much knowledge into this podcast about the spiritual world. And I just think it's so important to be tapped into that, to have a higher power, at least. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up and I talk about it on this podcast as well. And I, I have to say over and over that this, this isn't, this is not a religious podcast at all. It's a spiritual podcast and we have to have something outside of ourselves, something greater than human power to, um, do business with, like you said, and it just makes, it makes living so much more peaceful. Yes. Knowing we're not the end all be all. We did not create the universe. We didn't throw a rock into the sky and call it the moon. We didn't, you know, a human being didn't create the ocean. There is something out there greater than human power. And that's why I believe the spirit world is real because of that, because of that alone. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that too, Jaina. Yeah. Thank you. Well, (laughs) I know we are running out of time, but, um, thank you again, Tresha, for coming on the ageless podcast. We've really enjoyed having you and we'll have to have you on again. Yes. And, um, if you want to reach me on my social media, you can do that. And I also have a website. So if you go to the Institute of spirit.com, if you're interested in checking me out and what services I have to offer, you can look at some of the links that I have to my free readings, which are my social medias. I am on TikTok. I am on Instagram as well as YouTube. I'm going to get a lot more active here very soon. And um, I have my readings there as well on the website at theinstituteofspirit.com. And I have a number of readings that are available as well as the one hour healing session. So check those out if you're interested. Yes, she is everywhere. And I will be (laughs) dropping all of these links in the um, description of this podcast. So everybody can have access to it. And thank you so much, Trisha. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Jaina. So many blessings to you. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Ageless. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Tune in next week for a new episode.